good evening, and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Jody. Hi, this is Stephanie. Hi, this is Deanna. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast. You guys, oh my goodness, it is the 40th anniversary of Seven and the Ragged Tiger. I just got the I know. I can't believe it. I really did. I mean, we've discussed this before. Seven and the Ragged Tiger was my first Duran album that I owned. I literally am right now back in Kmart. Mm -hmm. If for those of you who are familiar with what a Kmart store is, begging my mom, (laughs) begging my mom as we're walking down the aisle and past the music section, would she please buy me this album? Because Mm -hmm. I had just seen the reflex and was like who what when where how why what just happened and that's when i defined myself as becoming a full-fledged Duranny at age 12. and so i realized that the album had been out um for a couple of months at that time but that's when i re- when they really grabbed hold of me and have never let go since Agreed. I just get speechless when I talk about Seven of the Ragged Tires. It's such a sentimental album to me because, like I just said, you know, it was my first Duran album that I got. Um, and it's and your favorite songs on it. it. It's got one of my favorite all-time <laughs> songs that, that eludes me live because the band <laughs> continues to insist on playing it without me in its presence. And, um, it's, and not on, it's not on the Halloween album, even though it's in the show. Yes. But you know what? I'm holding out hope that it will be on an extended mix Mm -hmm. or a Mm B-side or something of that nature. So, of course, Mm -hmm. we are talking about Shadows on Your Side because, of course, I've never mentioned that that's one of my favorite (laughs) all-time Duran songs in the history of ever. And I was so gutted when I heard that they played it during Halloween. But that's okay because you're going to play it for me eventually again in the future, aren't you guys? (laughs) I know you are. Yes. At the Spear in Las Vegas. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go again. (laughs) We're already campaigning for the Spear, I guess. (laughs) Campaigning for the Spear. And we never got a video for Shadows on Your Side. I think visually it could be amazing. Just saying. This is true. I I think it's okay, though. But you know what? That's okay. I agree. It's, It's okay that we never got a video because to me, like, unless you were really deep into the band, you didn't necessarily know about that song. Right. It's like, you know, all of us would agree that our favorite songs are the deep cuts and the deep tracks. And the average fan did not necessarily know about that song. You had to have the cassette at the time to know about Shadows on Your Side. And I had I'm the gonna, record. Yeah, mm-hmm. the record. Well, yeah, the record, the cassette, album. the album. I had the which, album, the cassette. Yeah, I had the album first <laughs> and then the cassette. Like, uh, yeah. All of it. <laughs> Exactly. Did you, okay, random questions. Did you, I always would listen to Shadows on Your Side and have Crime and Passion, and they felt very similar to me. Am I the only one? No, they do. Yeah, and they that's are. what I've always described as Nick's aggressive keyboard playing. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> love them. I mean, but very, I, they, in my mind, they kind of hang together. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
For sure. They do. And if crime and passion has this sort of kind of Latin little backdrop to it, like with the. I love it. And I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this whole, I mean, the whole album is, yeah, it's hard to even put into words like Steph, like you were just saying. It just, I, I don't know. There's so much associated with this album beyond the music. Like we were talking about earlier, the tour, seeing Blue Silver, like everything like this this was the first time i saw them in austin at the frank arwin center my brother took me he scalped tickets 10th row floor Mm-mm. oh they my gosh like, you were, were close like, <laughs> yeah i mean th- that and and like what an experience that that was for me being what 12 whatever yeah. however old i was and I mean, I I wrote in my scrapbook, I like, as soon as the show was over, I just, I wrote, I didn't even have a journal. I had like a, I had like a notepad kind of thing that my parents would have. And I just wrote down every, like, I just wrote in my journal. I, I just made it a journal and wrote about the show. And like, I still have it in my scrapbook and I taped it, like I glued it to my scrapbook along with the ad for the show, my wow. ticket stub. I still have the program. Love the that posters, program so like, much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the visuals and everything. I mean, the I graphics, just graphics, the visuals. Just, just, I just got a tattoo on my yes, arm. Yes, I was just about to say, of the symbol, you know, and it just, oh man, it was just such a good album, and I. We can't even, let's, the videos, right? Like for the reflex, we went on Monday and Union of the Snake. We have to talk about Union of the Snake because of the B-side. <laughs> yes. My all-time favorite song, <laughs> Secret October, Tiger Tiger. And we're about to hear Secret October 31st. Yep. Yes. The Seven Stranger. I mean, The Seven Stranger, what, like, what a way to end the album. Like, it's so kind of dark and... I don't want to say gloomy, but just sort of. It sums up that know, story. It, it sums yeah. up the story and the yeah. arc, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. even Andy mentioned recently yes, on yes, his yep. um, Lust for List that he did with Lori Majewski, um, where he was a guest on that episode. And he said recently that he had just gone back and listened to that song. And he was like, wow. Yeah. And. Yeah. I mean, we, I just get tongue twisted and I get emotional when I, when I think about this album and like lying on my carpet and, you know, like lying on the carpet and listening to it, like up against the speaker. And back then I didn't even realize that you could skip songs. Not that I was going to be skipping a song, but like repeating a song, like immediately after mm-hmm. I didn't realize you could pick up the needle and put it back <laughs> on the groove. Like wow. I didn't realize that back then. Um, so I it. would sit there and I would listen to the album and listen to the album and listen to the album. I wasn't necessarily skipping or repeating immediately. I was just listening to the album its entirety and then listening to it again and again and again and again. Did Lori play? Did they play? They they did. And so that's where, that's why Andy was talking about that, Mm -hmm. about how good that song is. (laughs) And And I was like, yeah, Andy, you're damn right it is. He was like, that's a damn good lyric. Yes. (laughs) And I love it on on Arena when they they do the Close Encounters, when Nick does a little Close Encounters thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, back to your point, Dee, I mean, Seven and Ragged Tiger, you think about seeing Blue Silver and how can you not and how iconic that is. And then again, you know, us just meeting Dennis 
in right. London mm-hmm. last right. year. I mean, just bringing it all together full circle because he is responsible for some of the first images that I remember really getting stuck in my brain and my posters and everything like that. Exactly. And that's what we told them, um, you know, in person about that, you know, you're responsible for all the images on our walls yeah. and, um, you know, the documentary and, and the stills and everything from that and the symbolism and just, you know, diving so deep into that album. And I mean, I, I, to this day, if I, if I listen to Tiger, Tiger, mm-hmm. I start crying. I get chills. Mm-hmm. I, get I get chills I get and I start, eyes. my eyes start willing up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, it just takes me back to that night when I yeah. saw them, when I saw the show and the opening and then when it's over, you know, the curtain is up and then it just drops. Please, please tell yeah. me. And yeah. like it's, and it's the same with seeing blue silver, right? And they show yeah. that and it's, but, but it's, it's like, it takes me back to that moment and it also just, just brings back a, a lot of other just how it was then mm-hmm. and how crazy I was about the band and I still am and just it, it just yeah I don't know it and and like and seeing blue silver the opening when it's yeah. like the palace of fine arts yeah. and yeah, yeah. I remember thinking I have to go there even <laughs> at 12 years old mm-hmm. I have to go to this place I didn't even know where it was <laughs> And then I found out and as fate would have it, I think my dad had like a work trip or something in San Francisco and he never liked to fly anywhere. So we always drove everywhere. And so we drove to San Francisco Wow. and I was like, we have to, I, I need to, and when I found out it was in San Francisco, it was like, we went there and I was just like awestruck. Right. And then San Francisco is like my all time favorite city. Yep. Yep, yep. Because of Duran Duran, <laughs> which is crazy, right? But there's nothing, uh, what's not to like about San Francisco? Every time I go anyway, there, I take pictures of the palace. Every time I, have I go, to go there, I have to go by the palace. I have yes. to go. Yes, yes. And I've been there so many times. Me too. To San Francisco. <laughs> But I have to go to the palace. That's like, it's my, that's part of my routine. Yes. I have to do it because that place is just beautiful. And I just, uh, I just sit there. And and we now know that there was a lot going on behind the scenes during the that's making of this album. Right. Yes. Yeah. But you would have never, I mean, you would have never known listening to the album and to think about, you know, we talk about, oh my God, they were so young when, you know, the first album came out and when Rio came out. But even with Seven and the Ragged Tiger, there's just so much musically going on, lyrically, sonically. There's just so much going on. And they were still so very young mm-hmm. to be creating these sounds and this atmosphere that was going on during during this album. I mean, it's just, I don't know. There's just Again, there's just something about this album that just always draws me in. And to this day, I'm still hearing things that maybe I didn't pick up on before. Mm -hmm. Or I'm like, oh, okay, I like the way, you know, this went into this. Or I like the way Nick did this. Or, I, you know, I like the way John did this. Or just, or Andy did this or something. You know, musically, I'm still, like, analyzing this album. Mm-hmm. I um I was thinking what you just what you mentioned just now about how there was a lot we know now like hindsight's twenty twenty right we know now that there was a lot going on and there was a lot of tension in the studio which I believe translates to what I hear when like we were just talking about of crime and passion and shadows on your side being this very aggressive, loud keyboard, you know, kind of a hard driving kind of thing, you know, literally yes, like getting in the so car. Much and driving fast. I 
I can look at it now because I know that and think to when I was 12 and I got this record for Christmas and I thought, oh, yay, my band's got a new record. This is so great. It's so good. And But then comparing it to the one that came before that was right. so light and airy and dancey. And so there is such a dichotomy in what was going on in Rio and what was obviously going on during Seven that it's hard for me to listen to it now, maybe because I know that all that was going on. And I was so naive in my preteen years to think that everybody loves everybody and everybody's always going to get along. Yet that creative tension was still there and they still were driven to make something that became what it became. And we're still talking about this record 40 years later. The images of the reflex still influence people, young children who are interested in music today. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, there was all that going on. It was a much more adult record than Rio, yet it was one that changed everybody's life. I mean, what would we be without Seven and the Ragged Tiger? And, I mean, hello, introduction to Niall Rogers. <laughs> the significance yeah. of this being the first time that they worked with Niall. Yeah. Right. And here we are 40 years later, 41, 42 years later with Black Moonlight and, yeah. you know, waiting, you know, I, I mean, just, Niall, we love you. <laughs> I just, I don't know what else to say. Well, and we, you know, and we've talked about this on the podcast before that his version was not on the album because it was the remix that was on the single. And yeah. I always remembered, even as a young person listening to it, and I didn't quite understand why they were different, but I loved the single so much more than the album. I'm like, I don't like the album one. I don't know why it's mm -hmm. different. But it, yeah, so that's the song that kicks off the, the A side is the reflex, goes into New Moon. Then we have Cracks, Cracks in the pavement. pavement. I take the dice of Crime and Passion. That's side A. And then side B is Union of the Snake, Shadows on Your Side, Tiger, Tiger, and Seventh Stranger. There's only nine songs. I mean, and Rio only has like eight or nine songs too. It's interesting to me that these albums seemed short, but I think they were what would fit on the vinyl. Um, Doesn't Rio though get give you that romantic vibe and Seven and the Ragged Tiger just makes you want to punch somebody? <laughs> I mean, really? Well, I don't it's think I don't think I really. I don't. I didn't even think way. about but, it that way until yeah. you mentioned it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. It, I mean, scary. it doesn't necessarily want me to punch somebody, but <laughs> like. But I hear you when you're talking about how the keyboards and the guitar are a lot more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just literally, in my mind, as I'm speaking, I've got a crime and passion in his yeah. guitar yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. in my brain right now. It's like, like they're competing saying. with each other. And, you know, I honestly, like I'm looking at the album right now and with the artwork with the maps and with mm -hmm. all of that. It almost felt more cinematic to me, and maybe because New Moon's video and Union of the Snake were even more of a movie. I mean, of course, some of the Rio videos were close to a movie, but they were like the next level of production, really. They had to keep upping their game, though, because yeah. they did and so they good. They did up with their Rio. game with mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. because when you think about when you think about New Moon on Monday 
and the cinematography. Right. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. location. Oh, yeah. The version. But yeah. at the same time, Rio has all the bright colors, mm-hmm. album-wise, mm-hmm. and then the reflex got darker, to your point, Jerry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the, the videos got a little darker. Yeah. Now that they were about it. Even if they were like, even if they were, yeah, like if even with like New Moon being kind of, it was this sort of revolutionary type situation yeah. and yeah, they were rebellion <laughs> and, and things like that. And at the end, you know, everybody's like cheering and singing and just like singing at the top of their lungs. Dancing and, and except for Nick. Black, he couldn't. But it was still dark. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was dark. Yes. It was still dark. Yep. It was still at night. It was you know, moody. during With the day. With the fire dance moody. through the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but even yeah, the, I, the daytime scenes are cloudy and they misty. Are, like mm-hmm. kind of grayish black, not black and white, but mm-hmm. like a blueish gray. Well, and then like, them. and then you're like, you know, the snake. Okay, I'm just sitting mm-hmm. here. Go with me for a second. On Rio, Hunger Like the Wolf to me was like the first Indiana Jones movie. And this <laughs> was like Temple of Doom. Like Union the Snake literally was like Temple of Doom. It was just in my junior high brain. I think that somehow I kind of related those movies to those hmm. and I loved them because I loved the movies too but I've still yeah. never seen those movies so I'm I don't You've know never that seen I those can movies oh I haven't I understand where you're going though Suzanne yeah I get, yeah. I get your analogy I can, I can see it yeah 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 I don't I don't know that have I ever heard a description or like an explanation of what's happening in union of the snake have we ever heard this i don't know what's happening um, in that video i feel obviously like obviously there's there i i well Jennifer for lack Tommy of a better word it. with a map in the in right. the i obviously they're on a search for something uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. it's i mean I, I guess they're on the search for union of the snake i don't, I don't know you know <laughs> nick is like this kind of villain yes yes nick is a villain, uh, villain. Is wearing and, to and, and that dancer i always thought was madonna you know the dancer uh, like shimmies towards i'm like madonna's yeah. in their video clearly it's not madonna <laughs> but when you're in junior high she looked like madonna <laughs> well, you know, Simon had to get in there and, and steal the map, and then poor Roger and John were out in the desert, yeah, like, pass out. Pass yes. <laughs> crawling, cr- arm, army crawling in the Just sand. Just a little dehydrated, right. maybe. But they yeah. look so yeah. cute, so, I mean, they still look good up in the sand. That's an understatement. <laughs> and then Andy's down being a little monster that he was down mm-hmm. in, under yeah. the, the, the land. The I snake. mean, yes. Like, like, it's, but once again, cool nobody, nothing, no, nothing so looked like that at the time. Nothing, no. nothing, nothing. looked like that. Nothing, nothing looked like that. No, yeah. Other yeah. people set up a video camera in the middle of a room and put tinfoil on the wall and called it a video. Right. I will not right, right. say who. Yeah. You know, <laughs> block of but like, but <laughs> even with the reflex, like arena, right? And yeah. um, when like they were playing the reflex and then it was like, it was almost like an extended version of the video where the camera panned down and, or um, it wasn't the reflex, but the camera would pan down and you see the woman from Hungry, hungry Like, oh, the yeah. Wolf, like people in the slithering yes. on the floor through yes. the well, crowd. And people and expected water. Like people expected so cool. water at the concert, like from the video. <laughs> yeah. yeah there was well, and Simon like still does the roundabout. I mean, so clearly yeah. the yeah, video yeah. still has a legacy. Oh, for sure. Oh. So should we talk about for the people, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're a Durani. But should we talk about who the seven are in case someone doesn't know and the Ragged Tiger? We do know Oh, this. sure. Mm-hmm. So the seven. So the five of the seven are the five the original band. members of Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. And their two managers, the Barrows. The Barrows. Brothers, 
Paul and Michael. And the Ragged and Tiger? The Ragged Tiger has to do with the time that they began as a band to that point in their career. I thought it was Spain. They've been going and going and going, and I they were now Tiger. Ragged Tigers. I thought it was Spain that was like dragging them. Well, I think that was, that's part of it that's all wrapped it. up into that description. Yeah. Yeah. Because their star was rising as they were busting their butts, making new videos, flying to Sri Lanka, uh, wearing leather in the desert and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they were tired and they were 23 and they wanted to have lives and do jobs. And they recorded and this in France. And a chateau. They recorded it in three different places, Montserrat, Mm -hmm. Australia, and Mm -hmm. in France. And they had to keep moving because they would run out of time and spend too much money in one place. (laughs) Or not everyone could meet in another place, so then they had to go somewhere else. So it was that was part of the fraught relationships at the time, too, and trying to get everybody on the same page to do this mm-hmm. record, why it took so long, too. The beginning of fun, Grand Time was Grand Seven Time. the Ragged Tiger. Mm-hmm. And then the fun fact, Seven the Ragged Tiger, Rio, and the first album were all in the charts at the same time. Yeah, I That just boggles that. my mind, mm-hmm. that they were all charting at the same time on the Billboard. But wait, the it wasn't the, it was the first record, but it was the reissue of the, the first re-release. record. With the is, American is something re-release. I should know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But all three of those, so Seven the Ragged Tiger came on while the other two were still on the Chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's that just crazy. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I don't remember though. N- n- the Reflex was the first number one, correct? In the U.S. I mean, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, it all it all kicked off from there. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, forty years later. I'm still but Hungry you know. Like the Wolf got the most play originally on MTV. That was yeah. What really championed them onto MTV. And then coming off of this, we got Arena. So the you know, the tour that you're describing, B, that you were fortunate to go to. The rest of us, unfortunately, for this podcast, didn't make it. We did make it to Power Station, but we did not make it to the 1984 tour. That became Arena, and Arena was my actual first, well, Arena or Rio was my first album, but then I got Seven and the Ragged Tiger pretty closely after, because a bunch of the songs on Arena were from Seven and the Ragged Tiger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the so. tour they were selling. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the Arena video movie. Yes, Into the <laughs> Arena. Into the and the board game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> D, you were about to say you were still thinking. I was just still thinking about what you said, Jody, about just the comparisons between Rio and Seven that I yeah. never really thought about, and just what you said with Rio being airy, which is uh-huh. so true, and Seven being different. It's it's like a yin yang, really type yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so maybe seven... Rio was airy and Seven was windy. Yeah, like Earth, that. wind, and fire. <laughs> <laughs> And a little, and a little bit fiery. Yeah, yeah. there was a fiery. little fire in there too. Yeah. Fire dance. Yeah. The night. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I mean, if we, if we don't count Arena as the next record because it wasn't uh, go into the studio and and redo right. re- make new music, but except Wild Boys, except for Wild Boys, that's right. And thanks to Nile, Wild Boys came about. But um, but the next record is Notorious, and I mean the difference Completely between different. Seven and Notorious is. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a completely obviously. I mean, it's literally well, a different band. And there but... were years, and there was also a view to a kill and Arcadia and yeah, Power Station. Station. That all yeah. happened in between the two. Yeah, which are so. also 
we had the detour. Completely different from Seven and the Ragged Tiger. Completely different from Rio. But we still love would, Seven and the Ragged Tiger. I would and we love to Rio. say that Arcadia was like an offshoot of Seven in yeah. some respects. It like, was more of an offshoot ways, of Seven. It was, for it was sure. like it went more in the artistic direction and the artsy mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. Power Station obviously was something completely different and yeah. was a fantastic album as well. But yeah, I think Power Station took the rawness. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fiery sounds against you know aggressive guitar mm-hmm. um, to Jody's point and took that further in a direction that they could take it yeah, for power right. station and like you said D more artistic and moody and gray mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> for Arcadia but absolutely mm-hmm. yeah absolutely because well, like because on you know honestly Seven Stranger could have been an Arcadia song like well that, like Lady Ice kind of is Seven yeah. Stranger so. right yeah mm-hmm. and so that's, that's what I'm saying like, to Arcadia mm-hmm. it's yeah. like an extension you're Right. Now, okay, so that makes me think of something I read Andy has said. He said that Duran Duran could have gone more the way of Pink Floyd. So I'm guessing he's talking about, because I don't know the context, I just know that quote. Um, I'm thinking he's talking about when he was last recording with the band pre-reunion, which mm-hmm. was Seven and the Ragged Tiger. So... It, is that the darkness? Because I, I I don't know enough Pink Floyd music to make an informed decision, but I'm thinking what I know of Pink Floyd is kind of ethereal and dark, um, more Perhaps guitar experimental. heavy. Yeah, more. Perhaps I think he more. he was talking about the experimentation. So I I I might say Seven and Ragged Tiger might be what he's referencing could have been the jumping off point for a future Duran Duran that Andy foresaw might have been more like more like Pink Floyd. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but I don't I think could... it would have happened because of the Durani, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Like I think if I think if Andy was at the helm and he turned it to more of a rock band like Pink Floyd, I don't know if the fans would have gone along with it. Well but Pink Floyd is I mean they are yes they are a rock band, but they're not rock in the sense of like a power station type sound right. rock no. or a hard no. like a heavy guitar it is more experimental Prog, right? a little yeah. more ethereal you know i mean mm-hmm. listen to the wall i mean it it's it's not you know what i mean it's there's more experimentation happening in in the sound and even some of their the later stuff that they did like what was it the division bell is that what it's called i remember because i saw them mm-hmm. tour. it was like cool. in the 90s but anyway so i i could i could see that mm-hmm. because that's sort of their roots that's mm-hmm. like their like their what they're cut from right yeah. with yeah. punk and chic and you know all, all this kind of blending of of that and so i i I could, I could see that. I could see that. But what, I'm where wondering that would if, go, yeah, I know. We'll never know. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, if Andy wanted that so bad, but the others didn't, and that could have played into why he left. Like, because clearly Notorious goes all the way to the funk. It doesn't go to this prog rock arena right. anthem. Right. It goes mm-hmm. a completely different direction, mm-hmm. and that included, might. you know, Naked John, who started the whole thing. Yeah. So this is definitely a philosophical debate for sure. Well, I, I think um, there's he's spoken a lot about what he, Andy, I mean, what he believes could have been the direction of the band. And Pink Floyd's the most um, specific that he's mentioned. So we, I think we're going to record an Andy episode one of these days and we need to 
we need to bring this up again because I want to do some more digging on that and see like, cause even like reportage has a sound to it and he's described what he believes that sound is. And I think it has to do with the sound that he thought they might be creating post seven and the ragged tiger. So yeah, let's talk about this again later. Yeah. Okay. I'm late. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I want to circle back again to the actual album cuts. So live, we're hearing the reflex and sometimes we hear Ying and Snake and then they threw shadows on your side momentarily into the Halloween show. One but night they don't really go back. Tiger. Well, and then we get New Moon half of it. We don't yeah. get the full song. <laughs> but right. it's like some of these songs we haven't heard in a minute, like, or ever. I'm trying Have to we? think. Like so, so, yeah, in 84, it included Tiger Tiger, Seventh Stranger, Reflex, New Moon. What else did they play off the record even during the, the seven tour? I mean, a tour, I think, probably played most of the right. album. But Arena, what you're talking about is what got recorded to Arena because there's songs on here we've not heard. I need to break out my um, yearbook. Like Cracks on the Pavement, down. Take the Dice, Crime of Passion. Hang on, I'm pulling it up to see if I can find something. I've never this. heard Seventh Stranger or Cracks in the Pavement or I Take the Dice or If Crime of Passion Live personally. I did hear or Seven, obviously. Uh, I'm sorry, or Shadows, obviously. But I did hear Tiger Tiger on the All You Need Is Now tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like as an intro? No, they they played it. No, they just played it. Yeah, they played yeah, it. I remember that. During the set. Right. Simon Wilscross. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I pulled up setlist.fm, and here's an average set list for 1983-1984 Sing, Sing Blue Silver Tour. Is there somebody I should know? Hungry Like the Wolf, The Reflex. New Moon on Monday, Union of the Snake. New Religion, Cracks in the Pavement, Of Crime and Passion. Friends of Mine, Seven Stranger. Chauffeur, Save a Prayer, Planet Earth, My Own Way, Careless Memories, Rio, Girls on Film. So, so pretty they much they paid Rio one, two, and, and three, Seven the Ragged Tiger. So really, I think the dice is really the only thing mm-hmm. in Shadows was really mm-hmm. the, the two things that they weren't playing. Yep. Because they were starting off with Tiger Tiger yep. as the right. intro. It was and the Velvet Newton yeah. of, uh, right. of the time. This is how it's shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love and that I mean, moment. It, it, yeah, I love that moment too. Mm-hmm. Like now, fast forward to to now, even ACL, right? That was the first time we heard it. Yeah, Velvet yeah, Newton, yeah. and just like it, it evokes the same feeling, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. it's coming. They're coming. Yeah, they're about to get Here on it stage. Comes. It's like and the, the but the moodiness of it all, and it's like builds it's, up the anticipation. Builds up the anticipation and. And then they're there, and it's like, holy, you know, it's like just the same. And especially the with the presentation of how they presented themselves at first on stage during this feature pass tour, yeah, right. it yeah, just yeah. really took it to the next level mm-hmm. um, of them, you know, which was reminiscent of the reunion tour years exactly. and them standing at the edge of, you standing know, there. standing at the edge of the stage and everyone coming out of their skin. I know I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, I, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, I can't believe it's been 40 years since this album came out. <laughs> And I think if we're going to make our wish list of seeing an album in its entirety, this one comes up right behind Rio. I think we would love to see some of these songs live. Um, The first three albums, for sure. So what if we had to choose? What if the band said, we're going to do either Rio or Seven? What would you choose? That's Soapy's choice. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
Three on one, one night and seven on the next night. Right, exactly. That's it's the like answer. That's yeah, the correct that's answer. The answer. There that it goes. It. There it is. <laughs> any any other parting thoughts on seven and the racket tiger other than we I love don't it? I don't know that I want it to be at the sphere, but it can be in my backyard. <laughs> can we do it that way so I don't have to spend all my money? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> If you could pull off a Duran Duran concert in your backyard, Jody, I am there. <laughs> yeah, I know where you live, so I we're know. good to go. See? Yeah. Or like emos or something. And yeah. for sure, <laughs> hey, Stephanie, they would for sure play Shadows on Your Side if they did the whole album. Just saying. That's right. I know. They're going to play <laughs> it for me. You just watch. They'll never somebody play is going like to let somebody angel, know that I need I'll to hear this like song live. <laughs> Yeah, I need to hear Secret October live too. I've never seen it. Oh, I think Me neither. I believe yeah, that's a distinct possibility. With yeah, I think you record. have a better chance of. Yeah, you might not get the original version, but no, I think this new sped okay. up version might be I, what you get. Speaking of, I know I think, I think we talked about it on the Instagram page that Rick Springfield played Secret October. Yes. On Excuse his working me? class dog show on 80s on 8. Get this. In between Don Henley Boys of Summer and X. Expose seasons change. Has Secret October ever been played right up next to Expose? I think not. No. No. Listen, I was leaving work and flipping channels and was like, thought I heard it. And then I was like flipping, you know, flipping through channels and thought I heard it. And I would like did a double take. Luckily, I was at the light. Yes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, after you posted it, I heard it come back on. So that's why I know what the playlist was. Yeah, I like, knew oh Exposé was after. I, I didn't know what listen. came before. Yes, Boys of Summer, which actually, I love that song. That's a and great I don't song. hate, yeah. I don't hate, I, I kind of don't hate Boys of Summer and Secret October. But going into Exposé, I have never, never <laughs> in the world has it well, ever the been of his, those two songs. Well, the theme of his show, he always has a theme. Yeah, seasons change. Yeah, was seasons. So it was about seasons. Yeah, but hey, yeah. But, props to, but Noah props, props to, <laughs> to Doctor Noah, Noah Drake. Doctor Drake. Noah Drake. To even pull really this into the age. set. Yeah. Oh wait, hold on. Oh, oh, oh uh, this fitness guy that I follow posted a picture of Rick Springfield live on stage the other amazing. day without like a shirt on. Yes, he has. Ripped. He has yes. the most seventy-five. Wow. Yes. What? He yes. has the most beautiful abs that. I've ever seen. Or he, he might be 73. Ripped. He's over 70s. He is, well, Lenny Kravitz has entered the chat, but okay. <laughs> <on> yeah. <the laughs> abs. Thank you for tuning in to the Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast. We are so glad you could hang out with us for a while. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player, and you can even ask Alexa to play us with the TuneIn app. Also follow us on Instagram. See you again real soon.